Welcome everybody to the Kim Barrett Show. I am your host, Kim Barrett. And on today's episode, we chat with my main man, Mr. Alex Sharthen. Alex is gonna be one of the best people in the world when it comes to identifying what he's termed the entrepreneurial personality type. Now, if you're a entrepreneur, small business owner, big business owner, when you hear Alex talk, it's literally like he's talking to your soul. He's talking deep inside of you. He knows the pains, the thoughts, the fears, the frustrations of a small business owner. And I gotta say, an entrepreneur really, um, I haven't had anyone else tick that box so fast and so effectively with me before in the history of me working with people. So he is an absolute gun. And if you wanna find out about one of the big two to three most important things that you need to have in your business to allow you to grow and scale it, and he's done this with companies going seven figures, going eight, six, going to seven, eight, going to nine, 10. You need to tune into this episode. It's absolutely amazing. And of course, as always, if we can help you scale your business using marketing and advertising strategies, you can check us out over at www.mogulcall.com. We're there to help you guys if you need. But without further ado, let's jump into the show with Mr. Alex Schaffer. Mr. Alex Schaffin, good sir. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you making the time. I'm excited to be here, Kim. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure. Now, I always like to start every podcast with the same question, which is, Alex, if I met you out and about and I just bumped into you and we started chatting and I said, Alex, what is it that you actually do? What's your go-to answer? We help visionary entrepreneurs that can't turn it off by showing them the systems and the tools and the structure they need to build teams so that they can build empires and go out and change the world. And we will know we're successful when any entrepreneur who wants to go take advantage of their idea and make a massive contribution comes to us so that we can help them get the help they need. I love that. And when, cause I think sometimes when people can hear those insights, so they go, wow, this Alex guy has got it all together. He knows exactly the person he's talking to here. And it sounds like he does a tremendous, tremendous job helping them, which you obviously do. What, like how long did it take you for you as a, as a business owner to get that actually dialed in? Because I know it's been like an iteration over many years for you guys. How long did it take for you to go? This is the exactly who we want to work with and how we're going to get there. I feel like we're always cleaning it up, Kim. And I feel like we're always refining it. You know, I think that that particular mission statement has been being built for my whole career. But really, Katie and I started doing business coaching in 2011. And we can, we, I, I think that probably materialized around 2015. So it was iteration after iteration after iteration. It was something very close probably in 15. And now, but really in the last couple of years, it's gotten a lot more clear for us. And we're, we're constantly working on our avatar and who we serve. And, you know, for, for us, it's, it's, a, it's actually a huge body of content. We, we show entrepreneurs how to build movements. I think, you know, any, building a business is, is very difficult without building a movement behind it. When you get a movement that lines up behind you and shows you, you know, and supports you, it's incredible how much fun it can be to run a business. So we were really consistent on who we're talking to because for me, you know, I don't want to, I want to make sure I don't sell the wrong, the wrong person that challenges a movement more than anything else. 
at what point did the movement part click for you? Because I know, like, and I've been obviously like known you for many years now and, and following your stuff as well. And I feel like that's a, could be wrong here, but that's a more recent part of the puzzle that's come in. And I've seen the movement that you've built behind you. And obviously uh, you speak on uh, lots of big stages and everyone that hears you, the resounding feedback that I always hear, they're like, oh yeah, he was talking to me. Like it's like you hit you hit the nail on the head, like hit them between the eyes with it. But like, yeah. at what point did you discover like the the movement parks? I think it's very easy to have amazing content for people that you can go out and deliver. But then building that support in the back end where people like want to follow and want to share what you have, I think is as you say, is a very important part. Like, how did when did that part sort of click for you? Okay, so this is a it's a this is going to be a weird answer. So I want to answer in two ways. So. In the current business, I'll tell you when like the entrepreneurial personality type clicked, but I want to start with the kind of kind of how how I build move or why I've built movements my whole career. So, Kim, almost every business I've ever run has been has had some type of a movement aspect to it and some type of a, a way that the movement has helped drive and grow it. Because I think when I was when I was a kid, I, I was studying business and I was obsessed with business. And if you study enough business, you realize, well, there's this intersection between business and social movement. And if you can figure out social movement, you might figure out more about business. And so I started obsessing around movements throughout history and, and like everything I could get my hands on, which is not a lot. You almost have to read the documents of successful movements and then deduce what they were doing or how they were doing it or look at what the structure was. And, you know, Eric Hoffer's book, True Believers, really good. There's a lot of different different stuff, like, but I, I got obsessed with it. And so early in my career, I was creating movements behind the businesses that I had, even B2B businesses. I always presented in like, we're in this. This is how this is all going to work. This is how there's this bigger movement behind what we're doing together. And so for me, you know, in our current business, we, the entrepreneurial personality type, like really crystallizing the avatar happened several years ago for me. The problem was I didn't really have the product. I did it the wrong way. You know, like I, I was in love with the avatar and I knew him backwards and forwards, but I didn't really have clarity on what, as to what we should be delivering. So it took a few years longer to get that. And really it, it was, it finally all clicked about three years ago when I did a massive round of avatar interviews. I probably interviewed about 130 entrepreneurs. You might have been one of the people I talked to. I think I don't remember. It's possible that you might've been one of the people I talked to. I did some of them as podcasts. I did some of them. I just jumped on sales calls, but I did about a hundred, 120, hundred. I can't remember exactly, but it was a lot and got really clear on this new set of products we introduced on the coaching products. And that's where things really took off for us in the current iteration of the business. Mm, yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's a very, such an important point for people to take there. It's like, even if you have, even if you are good at what you do, sometimes it can take that that massaging out, and it's not ever, as you said, it's not ever just okay. We've done now. We've got our the mission, like you said, the mission statement done and dusted. The uh-huh. avatar done and dusted. It's always a like ever evolving process, which I think is so important. Now, I, I do want to dive into a few things, especially you've mentioned the entrepreneurial personality type, which I think for everyone listening is pretty much going to be them. I'm just going to broad brush stroke them. Tell us a little bit about that. Like when, because for me, when you first explained, it, I was like, oh, like this is me and kind of everyone I know in business. Like it, it really yeah. hit the nail on the head. And then I want to dive into a little bit more about that. But let's let's get that part done first. Yeah, for sure. So 
when I was younger, I always felt different than everybody else. And I was on this quest to figure out like what made people successful? Like how did people become important? Like I did not feel like I was going to be that person, but I felt like I had to work overtime to figure out how people did it. And, and I started obsessively reading about successful people. I, I tried to read some personal development books, but they would conflict. So I started reading about successful people like over and over again. And Kim, you know, I always joke with people that when it comes to like disorders, I have AAA, Asperger's, autism, ADHD, and ADD, but I'm kidding, kind of. And so I, I think I could have been one of those people that like obsessed about bugs, but I obsessed about like success and business. And, and then this obsession with people was always a parallel. So it's like, I, I've studied a lot of stuff very deeply because of those, those cross sections. And the more I read about successful people, the more I saw these, these characteristics showing up that like became patterns. Now, not, not in the first 20 or 30, but not, not in the first couple hundred, but but the more that I read, the more I saw these same things showing up. And I started to f kind of form this composite. And it was young when I started to form the composite. Katie was just talking the other day when I was, when we were in our, when I was in my early 30s, I had a big wall with eight and a half by 11 pictures of like dozens of entrepreneurs and just like studying them. And I would look at them and think like, you know, what is it? What is it with like Oprah Winfrey and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Donald Trump? I remember that was on one of the rows and people would come over to my house and they'd be like, what is that? I'm like, well, I'm trying to figure something out. And so that like lifelong obsession resulted in this weekend where I sat down and I was trying to write a book called Constructive Company about how to run a business. And I got to the point where you write about your avatar. <laughs> And I couldn't, I couldn't write 250 words about entrepreneurs. I kept trying and I couldn't. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's like, it didn't feel good enough. It didn't feel important enough. I was irritated with the, like everything. I got up, I walked around and went and talked to Katie. I came back. I like had a ton of water. I calmed down a little bit. And then I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to write a ton and then I'll edit it down. And dude, it was like one of the most intense experiences of my life. I started typing and writing and like making notes on a sheet of paper of stuff that I was trying to type as fast as I could. And then new things were coming to me as I was typing. And I typed like 20 something thousand words in a weekend. And that became the entrepreneurial personality type book. But first what happened was I took some of the stuff that I wrote and I went and I was a member of Joe Polish's genius network. And he has, you know, you do 10 minute talks I did a 10 minute talk at Joe's event and I actually went 12 and a half minutes, which was like, you're not supposed to do that. And Joe always cuts people off. He didn't cut me off afterwards. He's like, yeah, I looked at how you were presenting that. And I figured I probably shouldn't cut you off. <laughs> and so he let me go. I apologized over and over because it's something you don't do at his events, but that kind of like kicked everything off. And I ended up speaking and getting a ton of attention and that sitting down, writing it, putting it all out. It was like all of the, the research I had done kind of crystallized that weekend. And then since then we've built on it. And it's interesting. Like our avatar document is a book. <laughs> you want to know, you want to know who we sell, you read my book. And so I tend to overdo things and play the long game. Maybe that's what I was doing is really playing the super dang long game. But yeah, the, the entrepreneurial personality type has been game changing because now we build our products based on what we understand about entrepreneurs, 
which we believe we know them better than anybody else. And so we get consistent, predictable results, which, which is unheard of in the entrepreneurial space. There's no such thing as consistent, predictable results in the entrepreneurial space. We get them. Yeah, I mean, especially in the realm of coaching, especially online coaching. And obviously at the moment, you know, everything is online when when they're in the midst of the world uh, craziness and, and pandemic going on. And I think a lot of people would probably struggle if they hadn't already been doing things online to try and transition across. But I think the industry average for like a, even a, not just results, but just to get someone to complete something is around 15 to 20%. And, yeah. you know, it's like, and I've, I've seen, and I know many people and um, friends that are in and, and work with you and it's, it's much higher than that. What, what do you, is it the process or what do you think it is that makes the difference between someone completing 10% of a program versus someone completing as much as they need to, to get a result? Like what do you, what do you see as the core difference maybe in the delivery or the structure of programs that, cause obviously you've done many, you've been in some, you've, you speak at a lot of events. Is there anything yeah. that you go, look, there's a couple of key points that make a big difference to that. For sure, Kim. So when you say it's much higher than that, man, we aim for like in the 90 percentile. Mm -hmm. So over my shoulder, there's an Inc. 500 award. Katie and I, the first information product we ever had was called the Certified Distressed Property Expert Designation. And it was a, it was a real estate two-day class that was sold either in person or online. And we sold overall 49,500 units. Now, about half were in person. So somewhere around 20, 25,000 were online. Of the 20 or 25,000 online, we had like 96% completion or 97. No, 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 sorry. That's crazy. Higher than that. It was higher. It was like 98% because at the end of the day, we, had, we sold 49,500. We had 47,700 members. So that was the only, that delta was the people who didn't take it. And so we had, you know, we obsessed over it, but here's, here's why. So first, I think if the way that you get adoption is you solve somebody's problem and you solve it fast and you make sure that the first thing that they do moves them a real big you know, leap in the direction of solving their problem. And I think what, what happens in, in most coaching products and most stuff, especially that we've tried to buy, we've, we, you know, we buy a lot of stuff. We try and, and uh, gain knowledge and take shortcuts if we can and figure out, you know, something that somebody else knows. And a lot of times they're so disorganized or they're delivered only in video or there's no path for someone to follow. There's no clarity about what to do next that, that it's a wonder that anybody finishes them. I mean, there's, there's some where it's, it's, you know, there's no, your need to have the information has to be infinitely high compared to how you're receiving it because it takes so much work to get it out. Like I've, you know, I literally have watched videos where I, if, if I was going to get anything out of it, I would have had to sat down and taken all the notes myself, figured out the structure, figured out the steps. They were talking about tactics, which like, where's the checklist? Where's the process? And so what we've done in every product we've ever put out there is we obsess over the client results. We have a core value success through the success of others. And so if, if a member ends up leaving one of our coaching memberships, we try to figure out why and understand it. And if they're for any reason, not successful, we are obsessed with finding out why. And if it's simple, if it's, you know, like I'll give you some examples of things that we've done that, that, almost guarantee us adoption in the entrepreneurial space. So we, we obsess over our avatar. I did a bunch of interviews. You know what they told me they were really angry at? One hour videos. It was like a thing that everybody said. Everybody actually said out loud, oh man, if I see another hour long video. And I would say, 
So, because you're thinking like, oh, so if they edit it, it's better than that. So I would say, well, what if there was like 10 six minute videos? That would be so much better. Okay. So our entire platform, the videos are somewhere between four and I think our longest one's 18 minutes, but there's only one. They're really between like four and 12 minutes. And, and people rave about it because it feels like you're going really fast. You're actually, you are going a lot faster because a lot of people who open an hour video, look at the clock and go, oh, I only have 35 minutes. And then they don't do anything. We obsess on bringing in the right avatar and then making sure that we, we have another core value, momentum in the process. So if you come into our program in the completion of the first module, you will have an entirely different impression of your business and almost immediately start making better decisions. So when we do that at the beginning, we, we have a very high likelihood that people are going to continue to adopt and apply as we move forward together. I love that. And as you mentioned, like getting that, that speed to a result is so important for entrepreneurs. And you said you've got the first module, like without obviously giving away the farm, like what does that encapsulate for people? What's the first thing you get entrepreneurs to look at, which you go, cool. I know if they get this, this is going to help them get that trajectory and start building that momentum. Yeah. So in all of our programs, the first module is called strategic direction. And we have this, we have a five part process in our business where it's, it's like the mantra, it's like the model, it's what we run everything on. And it's analyze, prioritize, commit, execute, and renew. And the problem with analyze, prioritize, commit, execute, and renew, entrepreneurs are running that model constantly, every day, all day long in their heads, and they're not putting any space in between and there's no process around it. And so for us, what's crucially important is making sure we are following that process. So we are analyzing and we understand you know, what we feel like we should be doing next. What was the question you asked me? Because I got distracted by my model. Like, so, so with that, once they're learning, is that the first thing that you get them to do? Is that the oh, first yeah, yeah, part yeah. that gets okay. them that trajectory? Sorry. Sorry, yes. So the first thing we get them to do is hardcore analysis. And so the first section of our, our program is called strategic direction. And it actually includes analyzing what's going on in the business, prioritizing what choices they could make, actually creating a commitment document, like a strategic plan. We call it a waterfall. And then that's where we step in and, and check on them. And they, they come to a call or we get on a one-on-one -on -one call, depending on the program. And we see like, what does that, that plan look like? And so Here's what 99% of entrepreneurs don't have a strategic plan. And here's, here's what it does, Kim. If you think of any time in your life where you have been in full momentum, like where you're ripping the doors off and getting everything that you want, and you feel like, you know, you feel like the, the world's falling in your wake, I guarantee you it was a time where you, you were clear on your outcome and there was clarity as to the steps. Because when we don't have those two things and clarity, like as to how you're making progress, when we don't have those three things, it's incredibly challenging. So what we do in the first module is get entrepreneurs in a very lightweight, quick, easy to use format to create their first strategic plan for a lot of them that they've ever had. And it's not, it's not a light bulb moment. It is a life-changing moment for so many of them. And so, and, it, and it's, it's like the hardest that everybody thinks it's going to be the hardest thing they do. You know, entrepreneurs have sold this, been sold this bill of goods that if you're going to do any type of strategic planning, it's like a two day offsite. You need a consultant in the room. You know, you need to like buy your team trips to someplace. You have to do it at a resort. You know, we show them how to do it in like an afternoon and not only in an afternoon, but doing an afternoon and assemble a plan that they feel confident in 
and they're excited to share with their team and they know how they're going to get leverage around. And so by doing that up front, it's this emotional, physiological, and complete energetic release for entrepreneurs because as soon as there's clarity just to the next steps, as for people like us, we can like mash the accelerator pedal. And, and let's get real, like none of us likes to do anything but stand on the gas. You know, like how often do you meet an entrepreneur that's like, you know, I just really love to run at medium speed. And if I can stay right here at medium speed, I'm super stoked. I've never, and then I, but I've met people who say stuff like that and then they define their medium speed and it's 10 times faster than companies grow. So, you know, I think that's just who we are. Yeah. And I've got to laugh because it's like, it's, it's exactly right. I think everyone listening will be on in the same boat as well. Now, I would love to know how, how do you define, because I think a lot of people hear it and sometimes people struggle to define the difference between the like a strategic plan and the tactical plan, because for a lot mm-hmm. of people, I think that they get kind of get blurred together and it's probably from some misinformation in the marketplace with people not really understanding strategy versus tactics and whatnot. So if you had two side by side, a tactical plan and a strategic plan, what's the core difference with the strategic plan and why is it so important over, over just looking at what the tactics are? I don't train or coach tactical plans. The way that we approach anything that is a repeating tactical activity in a business is we train deep process. And so I just want to make it clear that I don't even like the discussion around tactical plan because here's what I, here's what that implies is that we have this way we do things. And I have a fear of the feeling of we have this way we do things. So what we train in, in when we're working with companies is we train, you build deep process around the, the, the things that happen over and over again in the company so that you get a radically high consistency rate. That's how we did it with CDP. That's how I've done it in every business I've ever had. It's like figure out what is that core process and then document it like crazy. First, I just want to draw that differentiation. And then Kim, here's how we train entrepreneurs to plan. We train entrepreneurs how to create a 30-day strategic plan, which is really what you're going to actually accomplish in the next 30 days. We, we train that through a series of frameworks that help you break down, and again, not in days, but in, in hours and in sometimes minutes, especially in a crisis, we show people how to do it in minutes. But we break down what, what the company's actually going to achieve for the next 30 days. And so here's, here's what that usually consists of. It consists of what processes need to be documented, what projects need to be completed, and what people need to be hired or onboarded or promoted or trained in a different way or something like that. And so when you are on a monthly basis consistently using the same frameworks, considering what people, process, and projects you need, your strategic plan really is your go forward tactical plan. And so we build them one in the same and we teach execution on a monthly basis. So, so high level execution on a monthly basis, then we, we train breaking it down on the weekly. So each week, the companies we work with have a weekly commitments meeting. So here's what's magical about that. So what's magical about the 30 day plan is for 30 days, you don't ask, where are we going? One of the most prevalent wasted forms of energy we have is asking ourselves the wrong question over and over again. Would you admit that there's been times in your careers where where you've done that? Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You know, and for me, one of the ones that I know both through coaching other entrepreneurs and I know that happens to me is like, where are we going? Where are we going? Like, what are we going to do? How am I going to do it? Where are we, you know? 
And the amount of wasted decision-making that you have in consistently asking that question over and over again, like, is there a better way? Is there another thing? Is there something else I should be? Where you're not just committed to execution. As an entrepreneur, that's like this tug of war that you tear yourself apart. So for me, it's, you know, that, that monthly strategic city, getting to the place where we have that one document where we commit to it, where now I know everybody on the team is committed to it. You know, here's what it does, Kim. It takes the business you have and just creates massive leverage because when everyone on the team is clear on the plan and they know what their involvement is, the tactics get, tactics get done. Everyone thinks strategically at a much higher level. So sometimes I think people misunderstand when I say strategic plan, they're thinking about something way out here. You know, for us, strategic plan happens 12 times a year. And here's what, here's why it's like, why companies grow so fast. When you have a process where you consistently create a plan 12 times a year, then you execute with your team, then you can review what happened, then you do it again. That, that repetitive process creates this playing field where now you start understanding what your team's really capable of. You start understanding what you're really capable of. You can start stretching the distance you can go. You can start doing a little bit more than you have before. You know? and, and when people have that clarity, there's this increase in the commitment and there's this increase in the consistency in everything you do. So the way that we were able to achieve that like over 96 or 97% adoption rate of an online product, which is again, unheard of and came about a two or 3% return rate. So, you know, I, I've never met anyone who can match those numbers and we're willing to open up Infusionsoft and show anyone it's right there. And, you know, the, the way we did that was just a consistent like reapplication of Every 30 days, what does our customers need? And what do our customers need? What do they, you know, and, and we're constantly obsessed. The way that I look at every business is it should be driven by the movement you serve. And so we are constantly figuring out what does the client need next and where are they feeling pain and where are they feeling frustration? So the, part of the reason that I'm like, I don't like the impression of this is the way we do things around here is because I don't ever want a tactical plan that's like published because everything should be an active process that is being improved. As your avatar shifts, which they all do, don't ever think you have an avatar that doesn't shift. That's how companies have been left in the cold. And that's how, you know, Blockbuster, you don't hear a lot about anymore, right? And so, you know, as your avatar shifts, you need to be improving the processes throughout the business. Those should be live documents. Those should be in some type of a system where they can be consistently improved, not in a static plan. It's just so important. And I know that we have you know, seen firsthand, we've adopted some, just some small things that you shared with me. And I know I've seen like the benefit for guys like Chris Benetti, who we work with and stuff like that, when they've gone through those processes and it's like, it, it, it definitely does. It just removes decision-making fatigue that you have as a business owner, because it's it just, you know what you're doing. And it's like, when you do have, again, if you look back on the times when you do have that momentum, it's always been like, oh, cool. We know exactly what's going on. And the times yeah. that have been the hardest for business owners is when it's that extreme uncertainty and you've got like 65 variables all changing and you're like, oh, I don't like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too crazy. And when you have that plan, it's like, well, I can go. Yeah, Kim, especially for the entrepreneurial personality type. Like, here's the thing about people like us. Here's the challenge is that we, we are, we're completely different than the rest of the world. I know that we live in this world of inclusion and everybody, you know, and, and I, I'm not just for equal opportunity. I'm for equal equity. Like, I'm all about inclusion. But 
we're just different. And I think we need to recognize our differences. So when you look at the entrepreneurial personality type, we are this small, tiny fraction of the population that travels into the future, creates a new reality, comes back to the present, and then demands it becomes real. And we're willing to put up with the pressure and the noise and the feelings of vulnerability and the feelings of scarcity and being criticized and being told you're not good enough. And it will all happen, all of it. And if, and by the way, I'm sugarcoating it because it's really a lot worse than that. <laughs> well, you, you'll be you know, stolen from and criticized and have rumors made about you and all kinds of other stuff just because you've declared you're an entrepreneur and decided to start a business. But the entrepreneurial personality type is this physiologically sensitive momentum-based being that is highly reactive to constraint. And the reason so many of us end up running businesses is because we can't follow anyone else's rules and we have to go out and like fix, make our own and figure it out for ourselves. And, and every one of us is driven at this very gut core level to make a massive difference, to make a contribution, to like help people. And it's hilarious to me that not hilarious. It's, it's like, it's both funny and frustrating that society has terms like the 1%, because if you look at entrepreneurs track record throughout history, they make as much money as they can so that they can give it all away. And there's entrepreneurs walking the planet right now that have given away hundreds of billions of dollars that are still referred to as the 1%. And so for me, man, the, the entrepreneurial personality, personality type, people like us, we are hardwired different than the rest of the world. And so when we know that, when we understand that, we not just understand ourselves better, we understand the rest of the world better. And we, we re recognize, you know, we, when I say we are momentum-based beings, that restless agitation you get when you're not achieving or accomplishing or making something happen or doing something, that is millennia of evolution, of, of history, of our, like everybody who came before us, everyone who you've ever remembered throughout history everyone who's ever mattered to you throughout history. When you think about those people, they were just like us. That feeling of being compelled forward, that restless agitation is why we are so dramatically different than the rest of the world. And, you know, when you understand it and you recognize that it's okay to be different than everybody else. And it's okay to be obsessed with momentum and it's okay to like have to do things that the rest of the world doesn't do. And if you need to check email on a vacation or a weekend, you know what? Stop letting people make you feel shame for it because it's just who we are. We can't let go. Sometimes it's just what we need to do. And the reason I think that we're like that is I think every one of us is an evolutionary hunter who thousands of years ago, would have picked up a stick or a rock and we would have gone off together to do one thing, keep the tribe alive. And when you look at the modern day entrepreneur, we're criticized and put down and made fun of and all kinds of other stuff. Run Facebook ads. If you ever have an issue with your ego and you'll see how people feel about entrepreneurs, but the reality is everything around us, the machines we're using right now, every innovation that makes our lives easier was created by one of us. And that compulsion we have to keep the tribe alive, it's the same one we would have had thousands of years ago to go out on the hunt. It's just who we are and we should embrace it.
I love that, man. That's so on point. I always like to finish this with, I kind of feel like I should have wrapped up there, but I always like to ask one question because that was a perfect ending. I was like, I always like to ask one question at the end. Is there one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? You know, Cam, I think, I think the, one, the one question that I, I think is always a good question, the one question I ask people is if you – you know, knew what you knew now, successful, what was, what is, what's the stuff you would have gone back and done sooner? And so I've, I've asked that over and over again throughout my career. And for me, if you had asked me that, I would say process, structure, and routine. Even though I was obsessed with it from a young age, I fought it. And I felt like it was constraining and I felt like it was frustrating. And I would like do a morning routine five days a week and blow it off on the weekends and like not, not just lean in and, if I could go back and if there was something I would do different, it would be to lean in harder to process structure and routine. Not that I would ever want to change the outcomes in my life. I just think it would have been like extraordinary had it happened sooner. And so for any entrepreneur who wants to create success, I have this saying that I share, if success is important to you, make it a habit. And it's not just a flippant like bumper sticker saying, although we do have it on a bumper sticker or a computer sticker or something, but what I'm saying is, you know, as entrepreneurs, put process, structure, and routine. Make it habitual around what you want to be successful. So if you want a successful marriage, there needs to be process, structure, and routine in your marriage. If you want a successful relationship with your kids, you need to have process, structure, and routine in the relationship with your kids. And of course, if you want to have a successful business, you need to have process, structure, and routine. What's interesting is, as entrepreneurs, we say our relationship and our children come before our business, but it's often where we put process structure and routine last or never. And so by shifting that, that can be one of the biggest game changers in people's lives. You know, when we work with people, can we, we work on a holistic basis, our planning systems that we show people how to build multi-million dollar businesses and go from seven to eight figures routinely. We also have personal planning systems that help entrepreneurs completely shift just how they show up in the world and the level of leadership and the amount of space they're able to hold for human beings. I love that. And I think that's super important. So if it's worth doing in one area, it's worth doing in all areas. So yeah, that's amazing. Now, if anyone's heard this today and they've gone, look, I like this Alex guy. He sounds like a good guy. I want to find out more about him. What's the best place for people to connect to find out more about what you're up to? It would be the podcast. If you go to MomentumPodcast.com, we've had a couple million downloads. We have thousands of people listen to each one of them and we'd love to have you check them out. So I do a, about a 10 to 20 minute first person. It's usually just me podcast with one issue solved or one challenge to overcome as an entrepreneur. And a lot of what we teach in our memberships is in the podcast. We've actually had a bunch of people who have come to us after having listened to the podcast, taken notes, written stuff down, become members. And they're super proud of how much they were able to accomplish without actually being in our membership. So it's, it's the place where we, where I, I put what I think is the best content that we have is on the podcast. Amazing. So we'll link to that in the show notes. So guys, wherever you are uh, listening or watching, check, click on the show notes. You better click through and check out uh, Alex's podcast there as well. And of course, if you know an entrepreneur needs some invigoration and, and probably needs to hear this podcast, make sure that you share this with them as well so that they can find out about Alex and everything he's up to. But Alex, I really appreciate you making the time to come on, man. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Kim. It was a ball. I'd love to do it again. Thank you, sir.